As I was walking over this morning, coming into the hall, I was appreciating the amazing gift that you've all given yourselves of being in a place where your only job is to be mindful. That's kind of a rare situation in the world. You have no other responsibilities for this period of time. And remembering that being mindful doesn't take much effort. The capacity for awareness is already here. And it's simply a question of remembering to be aware. The many times that we get lost or carried away, at whatever point we remember, we can take delight in that quality of remembering, of coming back to awareness, of being back already in awareness, and simply beginning again. So that's your only job. Uh, And it's quite uh, inspiring to think that simply by doing this, we have begun, we're continuing, and awakening is the inevitable outcome. So I hope (coughs) you enjoy this day, you know, with this understanding it actually can bring about quite a bit of confidence and joy in the practice, even as we may be going through difficult experiences. This morning I'd like to highlight one arena of experience which is probably the most predominant experience of our lives for most people, and yet one that is probably the least attended to. And because of this, we find that a good part of our lives, a good part of our experience, falls outside the domain of what we consider practice. With all the consequences, of being an experience and not being mindful of it. So this particular arena of practice has tremendous implications, not only when we're on retreat, but for how we're living our lives in the world. And that is the domain of seeing. For many people, although not all. We live most of our lives in the experience of, involved in the experience of what is being seen. This is the sense sense field through which we navigate our lives. Mostly what happens is that 
the mind, the knowing mind, goes out through the eye door, lands on the object being seen, whether it's another person or some activity or nature. It's as if the mind goes out through the eye door, lands on what is being seen, whatever it is, and because we're not aware that that's happening, as it lands on what is being seen, it triggers all kinds of habitual reactions. I like, I don't like, <coughs> triggers comparing, triggers different emotions. And it's all because we're not mindful in those moments that we're seeing. And it's difficult to remember to be mindful that we're seeing because perhaps even less than thoughts, which as we've talked about are very slippery and seem to <coughs> enter the mind without much tangible impact. <coughs> I think sights impinge on the mind <coughs> in an obvious way even less than thoughts. For many of us, it's simply, we might say, the sea that we're swimming in. And we're not paying attention. We don't even, we're not even cognizant most of the time that we're seeing. We're simply lost in the world of what's being seen. So it'll be very interesting during this time, both in the sitting, walking, in moving about, to begin to bring mindfulness to the act of seeing, to times of seeing, and simply making <coughs> the soft mental note as a reminder, you know, intermittently, occasionally, as often as might be needed. Seeing, seeing, seeing. One of the most dramatic places to observe this <coughs> is when you're going through the day <coughs> and you're with a situation where there are a lot of other meditators about. So I found it particularly useful, for example, when I would go into the dining room. And I would notice at first I would go into the dining room trying to be mindful, but that my mind would have comments about almost every single person. Walking too fast, walking too slow, taking too much food. Oh, not taking enough food. They're going to be hungry. I like what they're wearing. I don't like what they're wearing. It was endless and ridiculous. So at a certain point, <coughs> just started investigating where are all these judgments coming from? I didn't really care about any of them, <coughs> but there they were in the mind. So with some investigation, I saw all of those comments had their origin 
in seeing. I had gone in and not being mindful of that, as I said, the mind would go out through the eye door, land on a particular person, not mindful that that was happening. That unmindful seeing triggered all kinds of comments. I started going into the dining room and I started noting seeing from the time I went in, all the way through getting the food, going through the line, sitting at the table, seeing, 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 seeing. It was amazing. 95% of the comments were eliminated because the mind was back in itself, so to speak, right at the sense door and simply noting the sense contact. Seeing, seeing, seeing. It was very soft, very open, very receptive. Instead of feeling as if the mind was going out to the object, it felt much more, you could almost say that the object was coming in to the mind, into the sense field. So it was very receptive and easeful. And at a certain point, it even became a dance of color and form. Because the mind doesn't actually see a person or a building or a car. Those are concepts which we're putting on what's being seen. What the eye sees is color and form. Perception will recognize what it is, so it's not that those words may not come. But it's helpful just to play with that bare experience of seeing, seeing, seeing. In the sitting practice, you might give special attention to being aware of any images that arise, even with the eyes closed. Often people experience pictures in the mind. So we've talked about working with thoughts and can work with these pictures in the same way, but it might be helpful to use the more specific note with the pictures in the mind of seeing. Picture comes, seeing, seeing, seeing. And in the same way that it serves when the eyes are open, as not (coughs) to have the mind get involved in comments about what's being seen, in the same way in the sitting, when an image arises and you note it as seeing, it may help you stay disentangled from that image. so that it doesn't evolve into a whole long story. It's just a momentary experience of seeing, seeing, the image comes and goes. And we begin to realize that from the perspective of mindfulness in this context, the content of the image does not matter at all. We're not so involved in the story. We're not judging a good image or a bad image or a beautiful one or an ugly one. It's simply an image. It's simply a moment of seeing, just like a sound appears and disappears. These pictures appear and disappear. 
seeing, seeing, seeing. They come and they go and they don't disturb the mind at all. The Buddha gave one (coughs) powerful metaphor for the act of seeing and perception, perceiving. He said, perception is like a mirage. You know, if you're walking on a hot day on the road and you look ahead and you might see a pool of water. (coughs) There's not really a pool of water there, but it's a mirage, it's a visual impression. In some fundamental way, everything that's being seen on some level, we don't want to get into a metaphysical discussion here, but on some level we can appreciate the mirage-like quality of what's being seen. And one way just to get a taste of this would be to realize that whatever is being seen is experienced in a particular way because of the conditioned nature in which our eyes are constructed. And if an insect was seeing the same thing, its experience of what was being seen would be totally different. So I find that just interesting as a way of loosening our view that our seeing, our perception is describing the ultimate reality of it all. Rather we see that it's just a conditioned perception based on the conditions of our organic structure. This last reflection is not something you really have to think much about, but if at any point you have a moment or two of boredom, you might entertain yourself a bit (laughs) with this reflection because it's pretty interesting. This reality that we feel is so stable and so real is on a relative level. But we can begin to see more deeply into the conditioned nature of all experience and all our perceptions. And in seeing this, the mind doesn't cling as much. And when it doesn't cling as much, it doesn't suffer as much. And that's the aim of the whole practice.
Notice what the mind is doing in relationship to hearing sound. Is the mind going out to the sound, creating a concept, having different reactions to the concept, or is the sound <coughs> coming into the field of awareness where it's simply another arising in the flow of experience. Can you experience the flow of momentary changes <coughs> within the sound? In perceiving change, the mind doesn't cling. When it doesn't cling, it is not agitated.
have any questions about working either with hearing or with seeing? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.